0: We have the honor of having with us on the phone, from Brooklyn, New York, uh, a psychologist, Dr. Ben-Sien sarutskin. He's a clinical psychologist. He's a graduate of both Ner Yisrael. He's a tells, he learned in tells. He's also an anical of the great Aznaim Latoira, his father, Bill Telstone. Uh, he has his doctorate from Yeshiva University in psychology. He, sir, he was a, a, a psychologist in the Tzahal. He's a famous psychologist. Welcome, Dr. Sarotskin.
1: Pleasure being here.
0: So, talk to us about gambling. We yeah. have found, you know, that halachically, if somebody wants to gamble, certainly in certain situations, um, it, it, it would be halachically permissible, right? It's like the Washington of Ramaisha is it's fought, it's hard to answer it. it Maybe hard to matter uh-huh. it, but it's yeah, hard yeah. to answer it as well. Yes, but. We want to talk to you not from a halachic point of view, yeah. but more from a life's experience, psychology, hashkafa point of view. Both a both a tels and a psychologist talk to us about gambling. If I if I say to my wife one day, you know, Razel, let's go to Atlantic City. Let's or I'm a buck, I want to say, you know, what's wrong? People have to get, you know, some of the Stress out of their system. It's yeah. you know, it's a yeah. it's a dangerous. It's a tough life out there. You know, life is yeah. stressful. What's wrong? We'll have a good time. Is not ever. We have a true for a maisha, It's not us, uh. What would you respond if I if as a psychologist? Yeah.
1: Okay, so if somebody was coming to me and wanted to do it that way, and he did it again, assuming that it's mutter, halachically, uh, and uh, he's doing it responsibly. In other words, he's uh, not spending too much money, not losing too much, not becoming obsessed with it not becoming addicted to it, then, you know, obviously that's uh, between him and his love or between him and his conscious. So, you know, if he wants to choose that way to spend his time, perhaps he can do something uh, that will be fun, that will be wiser. That's the second, I you know, that's not really so much my realm. Um, I really deal more with people who have already found it to be uh... very distressing to their life it's doing bad things to their life where they're where it's more where it's more on the continuum toward addiction so then the the usually they me me
0: interrupt. So what are the odds my name is all Yankel, and i say i'm going to atlantic city it looks like a fun place now do you say, "Wow, it's like you know, it's like going to a a, a baseball game"? I'm not on right, fan. Right. Or do you say, "Wait, wait, wait, it's maybe a little bit more like trying cocaine for the first time"? Try oh, to give okay. a layman, That's... try to give me as exactly. a layman, what are the dangers? Somebody heard their son; they have a, a wonderful 18-year-old son. His yeah. friends want to go. Well, is he doing something dangerous, or is he just okay. doing something harmless?
1: Excellent question. It's the same. It's similar to the question they when they say that they shouldn't have kiddish clubs in school because it leads to addiction to alcoholism. Okay, it's just, you know, uh, now there's about 50 good reasons not to have kiddush clubs, but I don't know if becoming a danger of addiction is really the number one. I don't think, I don't know if it makes that on the list. You know, the mistake that people make, and it's not just people, because the government's approach is a war on drugs. It's the drugs that causes addictions. The opioid addictions, the problems with the opioids. There's like some researcher called it that people think there's like a chemical hook. Whether it's chemicals or, or the or the thrills of gambling it's so enticing that you could easily get addicted to it, and that everybody's equal the fallacy is the false the fallacy that people believe is that everybody's equally at risk it, it's at random or they use the term addictive personality that for some odd no particular reason some people have and some people don't so therefore it's, there's a there's a good chance that there'll be a problem. But in truth, really, is there's a very strong emotional component to addictions that many people are not aware of. Um, and many even professionals, unfortunately, are not so much into it, uh, into seeing it that way. Um, so let's say if a patient of mine tells me he's thinking of taking smoking marijuana, this happens frequently, or to go to Atlantic City, either of those two, uh, with friends, you know, just have a good time. So I, I will tell him that... You know that although many people do it without getting addicted, uh, you might you are more likely to get addicted. Why? Because you are miserable. You grew up miserably unhappy. You're currently miserably unhappy. You have very little things in life that make you happy, and you're going to smoke pot or gamble and you're going to have a thrill and get caught up in it and 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 have escape from your misery for a short period of time, and you'll become addicted to that escape. Not it's not, not so much addicted to the chemical, but it's uh, addicted to the escape. Okay, now I'll tell you a fascinating story that a, a, a uh, researcher came up with, in um, in the, I think it was in the 1970s. Uh, one of the big riots that they bring that people get, it, that it's a substance that you get addicted to, is uh, way back in the 70s somebody did a study that he, they put a rat in a cage and they gave him two bottles of drink. One was water, and one was water laced with cocaine or opium. And most of the rats very quickly OD'd. They kept on drinking, drinking the the, 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 the one that was the drugged water, and they OD'd. So he said, see, a right. Once you give somebody the opportunity to, to take something that's so thrilling, like drugs, that, that has gives them a high, he'll become addicted and he'll die. But then a, a brilliant uh, researcher a guy named Bruce Alexander, a professor of psychology in Vancouver, I think he was he said rats are very sociable um very sociable uh animals, and I guess if you see a rat in your house you she expect they have some of his friends around <laughs> but uh <laughs> putting a rat in a cage in solitary confinement. It's very depressing. So it's not such a chiddish that he runs to get, to, you know, if he has a chance to escape from his depression by uh, taking some drugs. So he created something he called a rat park, a, a, a wonderful enclosure with toys and other rats to play with. It was mamish, gewaltig, something that a rat would really enjoy. And they did the same thing. He had a choice of, The rats had a choice of drinking water or water laced with opium or cocaine. And none of the rats, I think they said it was almost zero. In the other case, it was almost 100%. Got addicted and OD'd, and here almost none of them did because they were miserable. So the sakana is beiker, somebody who has a desperate need for escape. So when he experiences that escape, even if it's temporary, then 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 uh, he'll want to take that escape. It's like like. Uh, uh, if somebody has a terrible itch, and he knows that scratching makes it worse. How many people can actually resist if it's really bad? Because they'll, they're desperate for a temporary relief. Okay. Now, the, so that's so wait, one So, 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 so yeah.
0: let me let me let me hazard what you're saying. Yeah. You're saying sure. that gambling is like alcohol; it can be addictive.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it depends. If a person is living like it's a free dinner life, he doesn't have mm. stress. His marriage is good. His yeshiva life is good. His work is good. His learning is. I, would, I would try,
1: Excuse me for interrupting. I wouldn't say he doesn't have any stress because nobody. Has, he wouldn't be. He'd be dead if he has no stress. <laughs> he doesn't have too much stress.
0: Doesn't have too much. So you say he's going to go there, and and either yeah. he will or won't have a good time. But even if he does yeah. have a good time, it's okay. He yeah. has a lot of good times. Yeah. But if you're yeah. dealing with a person who who's struggling at a difficult time in life.
1: Yeah.
0: And suddenly, this is euphoric, and here he's yeah. he's escaping from his tsarist. Yeah. So that escape is going to become very powerful, yeah. and it's going to become, at that point, so for this person, it's particularly dangerous. That's, yes, that's, yeah.
1: yes. Yeah. So that's one side, that something that's happening currently is misery currently, but there's a lot of research also, there's a few articles that were published in 2007 on this topic, that that um, escaping it could also be from a history of trauma. It doesn't have to be even current. As one uh, one guy said, in uh, Dr. Jeffrey Scherer, he said the way he put it is that past childhood traumas was a strong, significant predictor predictor of adult gambling addiction. Now, it could be because people who were abused or neglected or had a strong, uh, significant childhood trauma could most likely are not too happy now either. So that could come together. But I'm saying that it also plays an important role. I'll give you an example. Somebody I saw many years ago, I don't know if you're old enough to remember, or know, or if you were in Eitzel at the time, there was, a, there was a gambling casino in Yericho once. It was open to Israelis.
0: Right, I remember that, yeah.
1: Okay, so it was for a certain tkufa. Okay, so Baruch Hashem, we had peace, and we were able to go gamble in Yericho. <laughs> i Right. So, anyways, so I worked with somebody. I was in Herzl at the time, and there was a guy that had a very, very significant uh, gambling problem. He, Mamish, lost. And he made a lots of money, you know, because he was a very wise uh, businessman, and he lost even more than he made. And um, when I met him, I, you know, and he was like really down on himself. How could like, he be so stupid? he's ruining his family. I think he, he was, you know, he was considered a pretty husher person. Uh, he has stella somewhere, and he used to go off and gamble. So it R- was very R- 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 Doctor Srotsky. Yeah, yeah. The, the
0: the need to escape human pain.
1: Yeah.
0: Crosses all barriers. Chashe, oh, not chashe.
1: No, no, no. I I, I, I only mentioned the chashe was not because of the chiddush that he had the problem I mean, is how embarrassed
0: people are. People want to escape their pain. You know, it's like a, Yeah, know, yeah, you know? yeah, no,
1: no. I was just talking about why it was particularly yeah. embarrassing for him. Yeah. I was only bringing that yeah. in. Okay, so anyways, the, the, so well, he, he tells me the mom, she doesn't understand, like, how can he do something so stupid and put himself at such risk? So I asked him about his history. It turned out that he had the very Chashev parents who were very, very accomplished. He, uh, I think, was the youngest, although I don't know, maybe I don't remember exactly anymore. He had all brothers. He had, like, I think, five brothers. They were all very matzliach. And he probably had a learning, what today they'd call a, a learning disability. And uh, he didn't do very well in school. And his father, who was indeed, I think, a husher person, but but you know, it, 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 since he himself n- didn't understand what it means to struggle to do basic things, had very little patience for his son. And he mom used to beat him.
0: Oh my!
1: He told me he used to get beaten with sticks sometimes. You know? Okay. He he never actually, now that he was an adult, he never spoke. It was never spoken about openly. Anyways, his father asked his father. I think he wanted to come with the grandfather. His the father, with his father, wanted to come to speak to me, to, to understand like like why the kid is doing such terrible things. Like he's you know lost all his money this way. He wanted to understand. I said, okay. So I told my patient, I'll remind you, your father what he did to you when when you was young, and when and maybe he'll understand. Well, why you're gambling. He goes. He starts going. Oh, no Chas me I can't hurt my father. Absolutely refuses. Doesn't give me any permission to say to his father. Okay, tied my hands. I can't say it. So the father comes to me and uh, with the grandfather, and he says to me, "Can you just help me understand why? If I only understood, like, how could he do such a thing?" So I couldn't say, I said, you know, it's very hard to raise kids these days. It's difficult to be patient. I understand that your son had learning disabilities. It must have been particularly difficult. It must have been sometimes hard for you to handle. No, I was always patient and everything was exalted. He doesn't understand. So unfortunately, I couldn't answer his question. But you could be a you know, and this person not only suffered as a child, because of how he suffered as a child, he had problems now too. He was more impulsive than most people and he had other issues relationship issues, and other things. So, Mamela there was an escape from that, too. It could be current pain. It could be pain from the past.
0: So, given, Dr. Sorotskin that Mm. I would say a fair amount of people Mm -hmm. have had trauma in their past. Yes. Right? And you say that that could lend to gambling addictions. Yeah. I mean, you know, Baruch Hashem, I grew up with mamish like the Brady Bunch. You know, my mother and my father was incredible. It's like
1: yeah. our
0: family was like the Brady Bunch. As as I imagine most of our listeners grew up in absolutely perfect childhoods. Hmm. But for those who haven't, which I imagine it's, yeah. uh, it's probably more than a Cheshire Shalabi <laughs> I say this all tongue in cheek, obviously. Uh, yeah, but given yes, that you say that uh, uh, anybody who's had trauma as a child yeah. or is currently undergoing some type yeah. of a trauma, yeah. um, I would. When you hear those numbers, I would say it's probably a significant amount of people. Sure.
1: So sure. What percentage
0: of people that go to Atlantic City are are at risk, would you say? Is it, is okay, it 10%? So. Is it 80%? Try to give us Okay.
1: Before I'll answer your question in a moment, but I'll just say you know when they did that research on Rat Park, there's only our rats. But how about doing it on humans? Some researcher understood that actually there was a natural, you can't do that, you know, putting humans in cages wouldn't work very well, but there was actually a natural event that, uh, that happened that is, replicates the Rat Park thing. That When the soldiers came back from Vietnam, not, uh, 20% were addicted to heroin.
0: 20%? Was very
1: prol- 20% were addicted to heroin. And those they didn't have, they didn't know about post-traumatic stress disorders, they didn't have any drug treatments for soldiers that are returning, and they just went home. Okay, It turned out that 95% of them got cured by themselves, leaving that very, very traumatic place. And they went back to their regular life. They they became unaddicted by themselves. 5% continue with their addiction. And they they uh, followed up on those 5%. And those 5% had much more of a traumatic history. So I, the point I want to make is like this, that there different types of trauma. The worst trauma a person can have is when he doesn't feel his parents are happy with him. I, I think that's you know trauma in school with friends is also could be very terrible for kids. But if parents are 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 def- uh, protective of their kids or or try to help them in any way they could, they could try to find a way to you know they're on their friend on their child's side, then it's not as traumatic. So what you're asking is true. Since most people had some trauma. Repeat
0: that. Could you repeat that?
1: The, yeah. The, the yeah.
0: biggest trauma in a person's life is the sense that their parents are dissatisfied with them.
1: Yes, yes. So, I'll tell you. you, I'll, I'll tell you, you I'll prove I'll tell that? You I,
0: I, I'm I a, bring bring yeah. a riot to that. I
1: mean, okay. uh, when I, I learned in the mirror,
0: everything they would say, I would you say Svar, they would say "mehechtesa." I'm challenging. <laughs> yeah. it. I say "mehechtesa."
1: Yeah. yeah. hold on just one second on that. Hold that thought for a minute. Okay. When okay. When, I, when I was working in there to stroll, I, I worked in a it was for an organization that took kids who lived in dysfunctional homes and placed them in residential settings. The residential settings, for the most part, were very very good places. Was very ibbigebe staff and this and that. Okay, it was wonderful. Most of the house, almost all the house mothers were Holocaust survivors. So we were we were, we were having a meeting, a staff meeting about a, one of my kids that I saw, who came from a very dysfunctional home. The, the father was an alcoholic. The mother was schizophren schizophrenic. It was very bad, and the kid was making a lot of trouble. So I was giving over some of the history of the kid, what he has, to, what he's gone through in his life, and what he's going through that they should cut him a little slack. So I'm, t- I'm giving the the you know, those kids the history, and then the, all of a sudden the house mother gets all upset, and she says, you know, that's the trouble with you guys. You're always making excuses for them. Okay, so his father was an alcoholic, his mother's kids. Right? You know what I was, went through? I was in Auschwitz for four years, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, I had enough to shut up and just sit down and keep my mouth shut, you know. And so I didn't say anything more, we went on to a different topic. I was pretty friendly with this house mother, so I went over to her the next day and I said to her, listen, if if there's a way to measure raw suffering, I'm sure that you suffered a million times more than he did. But I said, in one Nikuda, and I said, just bear me out, don't get angry, just listen, in one Nikuda, he suffered more than you did, because who made you suffer? The enemies of the Jews, all the Jews that suffered, there was, the enemy of the whole Jewish nation, and you together with all the rest of the Jews suffered. Who made him suffer? His own parents. So I, I gave her a marshal, and this convinced her. I said, imagine if somebody held you up in the street and stole from you a $1,000. It would be terrible. It be very painful. Let's say you found out that your best friend stole from you $50. Which one would hurt you more? Hmm. Okay, so that's just a thought. And the Raya... Uh, many people have written this. Um, uh, I, I, in my article on the role of parents and kids going off the derech that I have on my website, I, I elaborate and bring the raya. Cai- a different
0: Chaim Cai- said a similar story. I saw share with you. Chaim said, yeah. he said, why is it that he says you have a rav <coughs> and the butcher comes in and he shows the rav a uh, sircha yeah. and the reya yeah. and the rav says the animal is traced. Yeah. And this this butcher, this is, they didn't, you know, he, he, he listens to this, and his parnassa for half the year is gone. Yeah, go on. And he sheds yeah. a few tears, and he just says, listen, this is the Ratzon Hashem, and he walks out.
1: Mm-hmm. He
0: says, if the same butcher walked in in a Dintaira, mm-hmm. when Mechel said this, and, and the Rav Paschal like Mechel, this yeah. butcher would start screaming <laughs> and yelling, because so Chaim said, what's the difference? Yeah. He said, it's one thing to accept it when it's, Listen. This is what the Binyushel wants. Yeah. It's not a thing that's doing what you did to me. That's something Yeah, yeah. He
1: says but the pain
0: is very little... relative as to where yeah. it's coming yeah. from. Time, exactly,
1: so. exactly. So this, this is uh you know. So I bring many riots there. I bring many quotes uh, from G'daylam. I It's even the same thing. Problem with friends, you know. It's a, everybody. It's a double pasha that if the kids hanging around bad friends or deviant friends, as they call it in the literature, is a bad thing, right? They obviously, try to hang around with good friends but is everybody equally vulnerable to bad friends every she, every school every class has some you know relatively speaking are everybody equally vulnerable somebody actually studied this did a whole uh, did a whole study on this and he came to the conclusion which makes sense that know that if a kid has a, uh, a good relationship at home, he has a good relation with his parents, he has who to talk to, if he's something troubles him, he can discuss it with his parents. He's not that likely to get influenced by a bad friend, as opposed to somebody who doesn't have that. It makes sense? He uh, he writes it very sharply. In the, in the Shirei Chumash of, of Volba writes, that somebody parents who blame the kid's uh, misbehavior, bad behavior, on for bad friends, are only giving excuses. That's what he writes in the Shirei Chumash. Now again, it doesn't mean that it's not something to worry about. But the best way to make have, make help a child be less connected to bad friends is if he's more connected to his parents. I think it's a double, it's a but, double but, it's so, but, a but, but
0: let's go back, Doctor yeah. Let's go back to the side you said before. You yeah. said the the biggest trauma in a person's yeah. life are parents who are unhappy. Do you have a riot sure. to that?
1: You mean uh, for Chazal?
0: Not from casal but from, uh, from life, clinically, from life. has it clinically, been clinically yes, but,
1: uh, agreed uh, yeah, to? Et cetera. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I see. It, I mean, clinically, I see it all the time. You know, uh, uh, I, I once, I once was working years ago with a young man uh, who was in all kinds of trouble. I, at that time, I think he was about eight to seventeen when I first saw him. And uh, over time, it became obvious that everybody in this family lives to please the parents. And the parents have their agenda, of what they need that this child is going to do this for the family and for the family mice that business. I don't want to get too specific, and this child will do this. This is his task. They're already planned out. there. Each one to see their tunas, what they're going to do for the family business. I'm using that term in a general sense. The geschäft. So so I uh, one time I had an opportunity to meet the, the, the mother, and I realized this child, this young man, never developed a sense of self. He didn't have a self. He didn't live for himself. So I mentioned to the mother once that you know the reason why your son has a lot of problems. I was meeting with him and his mother, and she was a mechanecha somewhere. And I said uh, because he, he only everything he does is purely only to please you. So she looks at me and says, "That's a problem." Everything I my mother is 85 years old. I still do everything I do is only to please her. So she didn't have that. That was a problem.
0: So is it a problem? So, so, Tell us because yeah. I think a lot of parents would agree. Hey, is that a problem? Isn't that the job oh, okay. of a Jewish child to? to make their parents uh,
1: happy? So let me tell you that for many years when I'd go to Bar Mitzvah and I'd be there sitting at a table with my friends and the, they would they would give a bracha to the Bar Mitzvah bracha that he should bring nachas to his parents, I used to birch under my breath and say, is that really the kid's sachas in the world? And they all thought I was crazy. One of them was at least intellectually honest enough when he saw that I was a to of Chaim Brisker, he did me a favor and he sent me a copy of it. He was an Aritzvah, he faxed it to me. He, it's brought down in in Rabbi Friend, who actually I went, I was in Hashir and, and uh Yisrael together. So in his, his book, um, uh, listen to your. He has a book called "Listen to Your Messages," and there he brings out this mice that you hear from Rabbi Shapiro, that uh, there was a there was a, somebody who lived in Brisk. He was an amazing father. Incredible. Oh no, wherever he lived, I don't remember. Whatever. He was an incredible father. He had an uncle that came to visit him and he couldn't get over how Ibagegeban this father was for his kids. So he asked his his, his he asked his uh, his nephew how your children how could your children ever repay you? So he says that that they repay you that you that you feel that you feel that you live on through your children. They give you a feeling of, of uh eternity. Even though you'll be gone but you live on through your children. That's that's how they repay you. So, he, so the, the this young man told the story over to the, the Briskorov, what his uncle asked him, what he answered. And the briskerov told him that your answer is curve Why? Because the Russian doesn't give you children to get anything from them. They're not nachos machines. I think revolver somebody once said. It was one of the G'daylom said that expression. He said the Rebbeinu gave you children to be mizdamatak The same way the Rebbeinu gives you without getting anything back in return. You give without a chesed to get back. Now, of course, if you treat them right and everything goes well, you'll you'll have nachas. Out, but that's not their job. That's an incidental byproduct of doing it right.
0: You know. So when
1: you when you feel when you, when you feel your parents are disappointed, it's I'll I'll tell and I Remember now that was this was very more glaring related to what we're saying now. Uh, there was a fellow who um this was also an Eretz torle. There was a person who also had a gambling problem uh this person had made a tremendous amount of money and he was obsessed with making incredible amounts of money so i once I, I was trying to explain to me and he'd get into fights with his wife about the money how they spend the money, so I asked him. You know, you have so much money, you can support your children, grandchildren, great grandchildren. But the rav, if you didn't make another penny, like, 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 what's the, what's the big, why are you so obsessed with this? So he told me why, because his father had a, a small yeshiva, and his father, because his father opened the yeshiva because his grandfather got killed in Europe, had a yeshiva, so he wanted to maintain the dynasty. So, and he he wanted his son. Eventually, his son was very smart. He he was hoping that he would then, after his when he's ready to retire, his son will take over. His son didn't want to do that, and he felt very clearly. And the father made it very clear that he's disappointed. So the 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 son told me maybe if I make millions of dollars, maybe then my father will be okay with me. So he was still obsessed obsessed with pleasing his father. He, he, I think I think he speaks about it also in, about this um, this point in uh, in Salman's Salmon's book on his heart's full of love. That's not that he says the same. I don't know if he uses the word nachas. I don't remember, but I, he says the same thing that it's not his job, the child's job, to make his parents happy. It's, it's, it's the parent's job to raise a happy child, so he'll be in the life of Hashem, and that's the purpose of the whole thing.
0: Say that again. That's very important. Say that again, and, yeah. and, and elaborate on it. It's okay, not mother, the job of a parent, it's not the job of a child to make, to make his parents, parents happy. happy. It's yeah. the job of a parent to raise a healthy child. And if they raise a healthy, a healthy
1: child... Then it should be a healthy Hashem and get Elam, get, earn his Elam haba, and then the parents <clears throat> will fulfill this task. Kit. Now, of course, as the parent does this, he'll, he'll also, agav, get nachas, because he'll see the kid's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Not necessarily what the parent wants him to do. You know, some par- parents parents who are this
0: goes against Rabbi Dexter, This goes against the entire chinuch that I've had in yeshivas. The whole job of a child is Kibadava aim is to be mechabed and to carry on you know, to carry on the light till Mashiach comes to that, that when a person is born that being mamshech, the 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 father's so, so Avaidah, this one. and that. So walk me through this. 'cause what, I, you're, saying, I, yeah. what you're saying is something that I, I think a lot of our listeners are standing back there saying, Wow, this is this is impossible
1: <laughs> So so I think I saw the, this quote from uh I remember it. I made from I think from the stipler if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember, I don't have it in front of me. But like this, let's say um you know, it is when the schools or parents want to teach a kid meet this they usually start with Kibid Aveim, Kibid myrim Incidentally, I don't know how to wanna Hashon say that they have a Nagyas in it, but that's usually one they start with. Okay, now now the thing is like this, should the father's interest in getting the child to do keep it out of vain properly be any different than getting him to say brachas properly? Right. It's not a perk. Many parents think that the cover that the child gives them is a perk. You work in this company, you get a car. So if you have children you get a perk that you have you have Misharsin. It's absolutely uh, it's obviously that's not the third tari- it's a picudin, you're supposed to take care of it. Part one of the things that you have to one of the mitzvahs you have to teach your child it's a very important mitzvah, and I just you have to teach him about Shabbos, making broncos. you have to teach him to have covers for the parents, but it's not a perk that you have you, know, you can't money it invest it something that's owed to you. you you can just just say if somebody's not if somebody uh i once saw i saw this in a safer once, so I think the Shiloh was like this if somebody if somebody made a net there that the next person that ask him for a hundred dollars he'll give him a hundred dollars. Somebody heard him. Comes over, says, give me a hundred dollars. He doesn't give him. Could he take him to Bezin and mund a hundred dollars? Of
0: course not. It's another lomakim. It's, it's, uh, it's not a. Yeah, you a, could a take him a, to yeah. Bezin
1: and snitch. You can take him to Bezin and snitch on him that he's not that, that he's not keeping his nether like any other mitzvah that he's like, doing. Bezin takes does whatever they do, but you're not you're not you're not a, you're not a, you're not a, a, a baldover here. You, you just happen to be the person that happened to. So it's you don't mun, keep it up because it's not a perk that's owed to you. That's one of the mitzvahs a child has to do. A very important mitzvah, and he has to be mechuneh to do it. So, obviously, if you yell and scream and criticize them all the time, then you're making it impossible for them to keep the mitzvah. So that wouldn't be a good idea. But if you do in the proper way, then 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 you, it's a tremendous thing that you're doing. You're, you'll get tremendous scarf for having kibbutz avaim, and you'll get scarf for helping him get to that place. Wow.
0: So again, you're 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 saying that the biggest trauma that. Uh, Children carry in their lives is a feeling that their their parents weren't happy with them.
1: Yeah, so I'm asking you, if you if you met two people, and 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 one of them you two you meet two kids and they're both very unhappy. And one kid tells you he's unhappy because his rebbe is right of him. Let's say it's true, you know, it has happened such a thing. And the rebbe is right of him, and he's the rebbe is constantly upset at him. Another guy tells you that he's very upset because his parents are never happy with him. They're not happy. He's not learning enough. He doesn't dozen enough. He's not doing this enough. Which one is going to be the mice more miserable in his life? Yeah,
0: but but but, but respectfully, Dr. Rutskin, I feel sure. like one is a dover iver His rabbi this year uh, yeah. is not his rabbi next year.
1: How Where is that the yeah, unhappiness... yeah, 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 that, 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 That's what I'm saying. That's exactly why I'm saying this, because your parents are your parents forever. And and therefore, then that, that, somebody, somebody's not happy with you, so next so, you'll so meet but somebody else. So then your point would God.
0: be, Dr. Rutskin, if that's the point, then, if yeah. it would be something else that's forever. Like somebody has a... Uh, uh, uh he's overweight and he can't get a... would that be as traumatic is it a din in parents or is it saying this is just a divert to me D. About, and that's a divert uh, you know, to no, me D.
1: well the, the parents have the ultimate to me D. you know that's a. it that plays a role i will tell you, like this let's say somebody's overweight let's say for a long time it also depends on how the how, how do the parents deal with the fact they're overweight if they're encouraging they don't they don't shame him they don't they don't do something that makes him feel worse yeah i'll tell you i'll tell you about mike that happened many years ago this is really this is very eye opening A guy came to me uh, a guy came to me that uh he's having issues he's newly married he has issues what's the issue uh so eventually he spits it out that uh you know she doesn't look perfect it's something very minor he was mu and most people think that she's very very good looking but uh, the mice—it's uh, it's, it's imperfect. It's not a perfect diamond, and it bothers them a lot. Now, I was very interested because he was—the he, guy was at least fifty pounds overweight. So, um, so I was trying to figure out, you know. Uh, so I asked him about it. I forgot I came as. Uh, so this uh, guy's fifty
0: it, pounds overweight.
1: Overweight, but he, and he's, but he's not happy because his wife, his is, wife not 100% is, is not one
0: hundred percent beautiful. You talk
1: yeah. about somebody uh, having issues, yeah? Yeah, like no, a, no, but he doesn't look like somebody who's obviously has issues. Yeah. So what was the issue? So he told me it came out like this, and it, uh, when I spoke to his wife, and to her it didn't bother so much. She wished she lost weight. It's not healthy to be overweight, but you know she was she she wasn't so it wasn't such a big deal to her. So what's a shot like this? He he told me that he was chubby as a child, and it bothered his mother a lot because everybody knows it's not good for a child health wise and otherwise, socially wise, it's not such a good thing. So in order to try to get him not to be chubby, she was right with him, and she would say, and she would say as he got older and not losing any weight, probably made him gain more weight. She would say things to him: nobody's ever going to want to marry you. He, 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 you know, who's going to ever want to marry you like this? You you got to lose weight. Okay, the Baisen was geholfen, the third girl he went out with, wanted to marry him. She looked past it. So, so in fact, he told me when he got engaged, his mother told him, don't think that just because you got engaged it's a right that I was wrong. I'm still right. You know, she's a little bit blind. She first met you. The, before the chasna, she'll break it off. Wow. Okay, now, so now what happens, so if you think about the dynamics of this, he... This girl who grew up in a much healthier home, so she was able to overlook it. He's a wonderful guy. He was a really a wonderful person, you know. So and she was, okay. So yeah, it's not perfect. She didn't grow up that that's a necessity. And he that grew up, it was done to him that he demanded of him to be perfect. He now sees that's the way he sees things. So he he can't overcome her imperfection.
0: What happened? You know, it, what was what was the end of the story?
1: I don't know because they didn't come back to me. They were oh, they were visiting you? here for they were visiting here from Mar- somebody asked me to intervene but they went back there to Israel, so I, I didn't have a chance to follow up. I suggested they see someone. Could there. Sh- I don't know.
0: <laughs> Doctors, could you share with us a few stories about the damage that gambling in your history that you've bad has done to families or oh, to uh, individuals?
1: The one from Jericho, the one the story from Jericho, that story he that's exactly what happened he he lost for f he, he had loads of money so he was able to allow himself to gamble a lot he he then he lost tons of money and uh... it, it started affecting his business because he was busy trying to get more money so he could pay off his debts and can maintain his business so He lost his business his wife who was a incredibly wonderful person was very uh... understanding um... but uh... in the beginning before he was he was ready to admit that he has a problem because that's usually part of the problem. Uh, so she uh, she left him. She took the children and left him. Um, his parents, who I mentioned, uh, were always quite harsh with him. Uh, you know, this of course inflamed it even more because you know they were able to point out to him what a loser he is and what he what he did to himself. And. Uh, you know, at one point he was almost suicidal because he was losing everything in his life.
0: What ever happened uh, to this person?
1: So, eventually, I mean, his, his wife was really at Sudeikis, and she, she, you know, told him if he really takes a, if she sees that he's really serious and, and he's really willing to, you know, take care of the problem, you know, she'll she's not, she's not you know, she, she, she's around. And he, I encourage them to, besides therapy, to join a, a 12-step program because I, that's very often very helpful. Uh, unfortunately, many of the 12-step programs don't—they look at addiction as a disease and, and don't encourage a person to do the psychological work. But I find that doing them both together is the most potent way to deal with the problem. So uh, he did. He did take. He eventually he woke up and uh, acknowledged that he has a serious problem. He went to twelve step programs religiously and he went to therapy. And Baruch Hashem, it had a happy ending.
0: To so the parents listening, you 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 say that as a psychologist, the most damaging thing is when kids sense their parents are unhappy with them. Yes. Yes. So how? Yes. Give, give us. Because some, you know, because, a person I, I has a son. I, a person has a son who's overweight or who's. Yeah doesn't do well, just isn't so smart, doesn't yeah. do well in the Shiva, doesn't try hard, isn't motivated. You have a son who's not motivated, a daughter who's not motivated, they they're overweight. What is a parent? Give us a few guidelines yeah. saying I will after thirty years of being a professional, let me give you three yeah. rules. But yeah. only three rules. More than yeah. That yeah. Is well, first, much.
1: before that, I just want to tell you this part of the rule. But uh, the Chazaynish, I saw a quote of Mechanech, and Ertzhal said he heard from the Chazaynish. He said that whenever they have conferences about kids that was at risk, they always say you have to love your child and tell them that you love him. He said the Chazaynish said that children need their their parents' respect more than they need their love. I would maybe use the word, add the word acceptance. But, uh, the you know, the Mary says that love is not unique to humans. All mammals love their offspring. So being accepting of your child, even though he's imperfect and it's not exactly the way you wanted him, is much more difficult than loving your child.
0: So how do you come to that? Child. Let's say a person has a child, so they don't respect yeah. The kid's not motivated, and the father yeah. or yeah. the mother were much better students. Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah.
1: Okay, so the first thing is is, is to re- the thing that throws many people off. This has actually been shown by some very significant research. That parents who are abusive, I'm using the word very, very liberally because I don't want to get hung up on the particular definition of their children, it's not because they didn't learn proper parenting techniques, it's because they see things more black than other parents do. So for them, the fact that the child's not learning so well or that he's not getting always up on time for davening or you know, not learning when he's home or whatever, to them is a simon of awful things to come, that it's, it's inexcusable. Or if a child is having troubles in school, and he doesn't study so well. They—they don't—they're they don't, not malametzchos. They don't—they're not done the kachchos that maybe studying is more difficult to him than other children. He has nobody to blame but himself. He's doing it to himself. Ki there's a child in the world who would—you know—would if he could, if it was easily possible for him to be a regular kid who does decently in school and has friends and his parents are happy with him—would choose. You know, to, to to do poorly in school and, 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 and be a loser and get thrown out of school all the time have his parents mad at him, as if somebody would actually choose that. So the, the proper way is the way to speak to your child, say, Yankee, listen, I, I have no doubt that you would love to do well in school, but you're not. So there's obviously something wrong. I, 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 let's try to figure out what the problem is. I can help you. Maybe we can figure it out ourselves. Maybe if we can figure it out ourselves, we'll find somebody somebody who can help you. You know, and then a child learns that that problems are are not something to be ashamed of, they're something to deal with, and and that usually are solutions. I think I saw once an amazing quote. I think from Repinche Scheinberg. He said that the, the fact that most problems have solutions is a solution to most problems. So when a child has an open relation with his parents, and when he has a problem, they they care, they 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 praise him for bringing it up and not shame him, and and say, you know, listen, we're going to lick this. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll find somebody who could help us. Yeah, so I'll tell you just one more story. There's, uh, there's, um, there was a young fellow who, uh, was a young kid, I think he was about uh, eight or something. Uh, I think he lived in Muncie. Uh, so I, I, I met his parents. I was at Hassan Muncie, so I met his parents. His parents were telling me that he's. Uh, he, he was. He, although he's very athletic and very popular, he gets anxious. He's going to sleepaway camp for the first time. He's very, very anxious, and it was bombish causing him breathing problems. And you know, he's starting to panic about it, and it's going to escalate out of control. So I, I I knew these parents from when I was in Herzegovina. You know, very nice people. I, I said to them, I, I don't treat children, but there's a child psychologist that I can refer you to in Muncie. He, 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 you know, speak to him. He'll, he'll take care of it. Don't 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 neglect it. They were, so they told their son that they're going to speak to this guy who you know, he knows how to help children with this problem. So it happened to be they were making a uh, bar mitzvah around that time, so they uh, they were busy, so they didn't have time, so they put it off for a few weeks. So After two weeks, he comes and says, when am I speaking to that man already? I want to take care of the problem. Okay, Baruch Hashem, they went, he he gave the kids some techniques how to deal with anxiety, how to deal with it. I think he only met him once or twice or three times. Maybe. And Bar Hashem, he went to camp, everything was good. good, good, good. The next year, the father calls me and says, you won't believe what happened. My my, my son came over to me and he said, I want to go speak to that man again. I should have written it down. The same thing is happening again, but uh, I don't remember what he told me, so let's go, and this time I'm going to write down what he told me. You understand? You know, this child is growing up. People have problems. It's normal. You don't have to be ashamed of it. We're all human and we're all imperfect. If you have a problem, speak to your parents, and they'll either help you themselves or find somebody who can help you. That's what their job is.
0: Well, Dr. Ruskin, thank you very yeah. much for your sure. wise advice around. and your time. Okay. Okay,
1: okay. 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 I'll
0: talk around. Okay. Come okay. to bye-bye. Bye.